Hello and welcome to this episode of Move, Breathe, Live with me, Wibbs Coulson, or my, sometimes my wife, Jenny Wren. Just a quick note to say that throughout this episode, myself and my guests sometimes do get a little bit potty-mouthed. There is the occasional profanity. So if you find that right now you need to listen through headphones, if you've got kids around or something else, then it might be an idea to do so or come back later to this episode. I hope you enjoy the episode and will let me know what you think. I look forward to see, uh, seeing you on the other side. Right, you guys, I've decided to uh, sponsor myself this week. <laughs> um, this episode is brought to you by Mandukya Yoga. Um, basically, just a quick advert for my own business to say that if you are enjoying these podcasts, if you like my style of chatting to people, Perhaps you might enjoy my style of teaching people to do yoga and movement and breathing and stuff. Um, so why not come join me and my beautiful wife, Spirit Rain, uh, on our membership. It's £15 a month for 11 weekly classes. So it works out about 47p a class. There's two breathwork classes, one specifically for a lot of people with long COVID. Um, all classes are live then recorded as well to be uploaded for you to catch up on if you missed them. So again, that's just £15 for 11 weekly classes. And you can sign up at mandukyayoga.com. It's M-A-N-D-U-K-Y-A-Y-O-G-A.com. And then forward slash become underscore a underscore member. Uh, so yeah, that'll be in the show notes. Why not come and join me? Let's get on with the, today's episode. I'll leave you to me to tell you who's coming up. Morning, everybody. Can we believe it's another week? It's another episode. And I'm back again, bringing you another wonderful um, expert in the field of yoga, anatomy, movement, um all things just generally rad um but before we get into that i just thought a little update of what's going on i am moving these podcasts to fortnightly rather than weekly um the amount of work it takes to do them weekly is uh, well it's just quite a lot it's very time consuming from the recording the editing the pulling all of the clips out for adverts the making those clips into adverts for social media etc it's a lot of my time and if i was to split it over two weeks rather than a week for one it means that the amount of people i'm interviewing will spread further obviously um but also the fact it just means i have more time to plot you know half an hour here an hour there rather than having to try and cram it all in so um, there is that as the first bit. Secondly, a massive thank you to everyone who has been tagging me on social media, saying that I was in their top five podcasts of this year on, from um, Spotify, which is amazing. Thank you so much for everyone who has helped me rack up uh, nearly 10,000 listens in six months. That is incredible. And yeah, hopefully we can keep uh keep you entertained keep you coming back and listening 
hopefully keep growing. I would love it if you can continue to share this around, share these podcasts, especially the ones that you particularly like that really resonate with you. That would be amazing. Um, and yeah, that's kind of just about it, really. I hope you are all keeping well. Um, I've had a bit of a rubbish week. Try German on your just flaring back up, but hey ho, we plod on. So on to today's episode, isn't it? We have the wonderful Karen Kirkness, who, as I say, is a yoga teacher. Um, she teaches up in Scotland. She is also a clinical anatomist working with a couple of universities. I've forgotten which ones, but she says in the episode, other than that. And she's kind of writing her PhD on an, an anatomical pedagogy. I think that's what she says. Um, and basically trying to improve the anatomy teaching and the understanding of anatomy for doctors and the like so well worth a listen she's also got a degree in fine arts and it kind of all influenced her understanding of the human body and the human movement um, so this was super fun if you listen to my episode episode five with joe averson joanne averson who is one of my teachers um you'll hear her name referenced an awful lot karen and i both big fans of joe's so um yeah we kind of give her plenty of shout outs so go and enjoy it let me know what you thought please do share with your friends and family um with your fellow yoga teachers and the like and i'll see you again in a couple of weeks we've got one more before christmas um so yeah and that is going to be another yoga teacher finally getting some yoga teachers on the podcast about time after all of the six months but there we go have a wonderful day all, and I'll catch you on the other side. Recording in progress. There we go. We are back again, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Move, Breathe, Live. Um, today, I am very excited to welcome... Someone I've never actually met in person because uh, of lockdown and the like, but we've chatted a bit and uh, I've joined her. And if any of you have listened, my wonderful teacher, Joe Averson, on a few of their little um, online lessons, they were and sort of chats and whatever you want to call lectures. I'm going to call them a lecture. They were doing on 21st century anatomy. Um, Karen Kirkness, welcome. Thanks, Wibs. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, I am pretty terrible at introducing people, so I'm just going to let you say a little bit about yourself and um, and and what you do, and maybe a bit about your book because I think that would be important for people. Okay, I can. I think I can do that. Hopefully, <laughs> I think I can. I, um, I don't know, maybe you find this tricky as well to, to say, hi, my name is X and I do X. You know, it's not like the old days where you had one name and you did one job and you had that job until you died and that was it. Yeah. You know, we all wear yeah. like 10 hats and that. So where do, I st where do I start? And you want to kind of go through what you do, but then you don't want to sound like an arsehole. Like I do 10 different things and I, let's, let's just focus I'm on one. I'm everything. <laughs> Are we allowed to swear on your show? All of the swears, all of the fucking oh, swears. Okay, well, I'll try to keep it. I put, I, put the pro I put the little thing at the beginning just to make sure everyone knows that. Everyone knows I swear excessively, so it's all good. Okay, we have an understanding. So we're amongst we, friends and we can all amongst handle it. Friends. Yes, we're all grown ups. 
Cool. Well, I will start out by saying I think I'm probably unemployable, so I don't really, I don't really have. Self-employed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all go to. I did have a job in high school, so I waited tables in high school and college as well. And then I started doing yoga in in college, and was like, this is actually going to save my life because I was a I was a hot mess in college. I I was very troubled. And I, I was addicted to intensity. We'll just put it that way. And the yoga that I ran into was like, this is really intense, but it's and also was... really good for me. So that Stranger. was different. Yeah, no, it was actually, it was like a Hatha mix with okay. 87 people in this giant um, gymnasium oh, wow. type atmosphere. Yeah. So that was interesting. So that kind of, I, I was going to college, uh, I was the University of Central Florida. I grew up in Florida and I, I got a, um, a fine art degree there. And then you've disappeared. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. There we go. Let's try again. I'm not sure how I've disappeared. I'm back. You got a fine art degree. Fine art degree and was doing yoga. And then uh, I started to teach yoga and um, practice yoga all the time. It's all I ever wanted to do and make art, of course. And as you well know, either the things that you really love to do are not always the things that earn you the monies. So it was to negotiate that, that balance was tricky yeah. for me from the off, you know, from my early twenties. Yeah. Nice. And, and so mm-hmm. then basically like, so you've, you've been in and around the yoga for the last however many you know 10 years because obviously you're, you're not much more than 30 right that's correct. i'm 43 43 so 20 been... years of yoga then oh for now 23 years of yeah yeah 23 years of yoga and it saved my life for sure i it's put me near the you know near the fire near the edge it's probably caused as many injuries as it has helped me heal <laughs> But overall, I, you know, as a person, I wouldn't have survived without, without the practice. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a pretty common thread for most people who end up in yoga at some point is um, you definitely get to learn a whole, whole bunch about yourself and, you know, physically, but also obviously mentally and emotionally and spiritually and, and, and everything to take away. And so have you been like, how long have you been teaching yoga now then? I did my 200 hour in 2003, 2002, 2003, something like that. I was teaching a little, a little bit before then, but. Cool. So it's still like 20 years of of teaching as well. Nice. And then, so the main reason I am aware of you, if you like, is because of your work that you do with uh, Joe Averson, who, for those of you who have listened, you know, episode four, I think five, five was with Joe. Um, Joe is my dear friend and teacher and I love her to bits and she's amazing. And obviously you, um, the two of you during lockdown, certainly I think it was during lockdown, maybe um, the two of you started doing quite a lot online together and doing like Instagram lives together. And then um, you did like some kind of online dissections using jazzy computer equipment rather than real human cadavers. so obviously you have got a keen interest in anatomy and physiology as well. And has that just been drawn out of the yoga practice or from something else? Well, I'm also, I'm now in my long years of, 
education. I have, I have a master's degree in human anatomy from Edinburgh right. university biomedical sciences. So I've done years of dissection and I've come out on the other side of that as a clinical anatomist. And my work right. now is at Hull York medical school, which is HIMS for short. So it's a split site right. medical school between York and Hull okay. and in anatomy pedagogy. And it was through, yeah, my first, my first degree, the art degree was drawing from life, drawing like hundreds of skeletons, still life with skeleton and figure drawing and life, live models and, and all of that. So I, I was interested in the figure, uh, in the dimensionality of the figure and drawing and process drawing, blind contour, all, you know, that relationship with seeing and apprehending the figure and translating that into mark making. And, yep. and so I, I got a good handle on the, the art side of anatomy for my first degree. And then through the practice of yoga and my continuing addiction to intensity, I, I was a, um, a road cyclist and did a lot of racing and okay. basically broke lots of bones. I pushed myself beyond uh, the compliance of my tissues in my Ashtanga yeah. practice, legs behind the head. Oh, you know, yeah, those all kind been of... there. Yeah, we've all been there. there. I know yeah. you, yeah. you will have some war stories as well, Wibs, I'm sure. And I just smashed it every, in every aspect of my life. And then yoga became this way of healing. It was like first yeah. aid. I often compare it to, you know, to first aid because it can be healing and it can also go the other way. But it was through... A, really trying to understand what, what are these limitations and why, yeah. how are they physically bound up in anatomy? So I thought that perhaps understanding anatomy more deeply would lead me to a deeper understanding of tissue and of healing that would, just, yeah. it would also make me a better teacher, which, which of course it has. And I know you, you'll feel the same in all of your studies that, you know, just makes you overall more, you know, wiser. Yeah. Yeah. I think safer. Like, I mean, I look at, uh some people i know who i'm not going to obviously name any names or anything that'd be mean but like i look at and again you know horses for courses what what you want out of the practice and what you want out of your teacher and stuff is what what you want and you know if you want that legs behind the head type thing then amazing i mean as i've grown i i, I did it a while it's like just to show off because i don't know what i don't know you know you know what you do sometimes and like Party i did a class yeah basically and I did the yoga nidra asana and I put both legs behind my head lying on my back and got the bind and all that and I was like I haven't done this for about like four years or something and you know and then I just walked away from it and I didn't hurt myself as such but I walked away and went I don't see the point in that like I do like and I, I that's kind of how I felt about a lot of you know the advanced inverted commas for you listening advanced yoga practice is like I don't see how it helps me in my day-to-day -day life, like move better. And that's, you know, my biggest thing. Um, and yeah, like I walked away my back, my like right SIJ was just like, you're a dick. You shouldn't have done that. Like you're stop showing off, fucking learn a lesson. Um, so yeah, we've definitely all got those war wounds. Um, so with that, art, I kind of want to jump into this little bit for a second. So we're going to come back to you. I want in a little while, I want to chat about your book spiral bound but you obviously had the whole arty side first and looking at figure looking at form looking at that then you've gone through all of your anatomy side of things and i know that's then kind of 
what you and Joe chat about is obviously this kind of coming together of traditional anatomy with the kind of fascial anatomy and stuff, which kind of people like her and John Sharkey and the like are pioneering. Um, and looking at how this body is kind of, you know, we are, we are spirals and, you know, you've kind of got these, um, whatever the word is, I've um, forgotten the word. I literally had it on my tongue this second. It just went when I tried to say it. Um, chirality and stuff like that of like how everything was in. Um, but did you, were you seeing those things as an arty side or did that all develop as you, as you, you, you do you know what I mean? Because I think sometimes when you look at the body, especially if you've got a keen artist side, I do not have a keen artist side. Anyone who knows me knows I'm the most, the least artistic person in the world. Um, but I think if you've, through yoga practice and perhaps through your art, did, did you see some of that kind of, actually there's this connectivity in this constant like spiraling of the body beforehand or did that come much later down the line? Well, I, I think that is a, it's such an interesting question. You know, if you see these things, I'm sure you, you will have as well, when you look at a form, when you look at, at someone in motion that the spirality is, is so hidden in the obvious. Yeah. 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 I saw it, yeah. but only in the last, it was, it was really like kind of to go back to what you were talking about, you know, why, why yoga nidrasana, why the legs behind the head, why this complex, um, uh, posturality, you know, in the lineage of Krishnamacharya, it's like ever deepening, not work, you, you know, like, um, square knot and, and granny yeah. knot, and then crazy leg behind the head. Yeah. Knot. But th this is when I got into studying fascia, and looked at the body at it in its topological sense. And topology is the study of knots. It started to, it dawned on me that I've been interested in this because of um, a fascination with how that deepening complexity can be therapeutic if, if we go about it in a certain way. Yes. Yeah. So if we are really attentive to the spirality and the rotation, and we're doing it in a, in a way, you know, that's every day or every few days mixed with some variety, having a mindful assistant and, and using, using props and all, for all, all, in all of those kind of ways that it can be therapeutic. But if you, if someone just jams you into it one day, or if you, if you just smash yourself into it, yeah, which I, you know, I've been there for the, you're trying to get that Instagrammable moment where you're, I will catch my heels. I will get it's like the money shot, you know, and you're just yeah. you have to, gonna get yeah. all of the likes for that one. Yeah, all the way. Yeah. So there was that, I think, you know, maybe we've all come through naivete in that regard, but I could feel that when I approached the, the um, advanced asana in a way, in a curious way, in a healing way, that embraced spirality, I felt like powerful and healing. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, to me felt like it was serving and it's really through going back to, you know, your, your question about, did I see that as an, a young artist, you know, and I was trying to have an art career in my early twenties. Um, when I saw the figure, I, yeah, I, I saw the spirality, but I had no words for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, so I think it's one of is one of those things that um, until you begin to, I don't know, actually dive into it and actually begin to put, you know, names to things like you, it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. But um, so, yeah, nice. Um, so from there, then, obviously, you've kind of 
begun to so with your work as a clinical anatomist then obviously this is uh traditionally a very traditional and anatomical perhaps way of looking at the body um have you found like it's been a bit of a challenge to um let's say within your work side of things and obviously i don't know like tying the the modern and the traditional together i guess such a great question i think we're all grappling with that because we're interested in anatomy and it's nuts and bolts origins and insertions memorizing you know the nerves and the vessels and how they interact with the uh, locomotor system muscles bones etc it can get a little bit pedantic. You're just mm-hmm. rote memorization. And that's yeah. what medical students go, you know, go through. They have to, it's rote memorization. First two years of their degree, they're like 18 years old, 19 years old. They memorize this shit. They get tested on it. They pass the test. Do they look at it again? You know, not, not really, you know, and then they're moving on to their clinical years and they're trying to pass a different set of exams, which is based on clinical competency and, um, PBL, which is problem-based learning, and they're passing tests that are designed to, to examine them on how on how they respond to clinical scenarios, which doesn't really it, it does involve some some anatomy, and they need to have some recall of it. But for the most part, you know, the modern medicine now is is teaching is churning out dig- degrees and qualifying medics in a way that's very much teaching to the exam. And it's yeah, all yeah. exam-based learning outcomes and learning objectives and all of that. And that's what I'm working with in my current PhD. My project is around anatomy pedagogy right. and looking at time scales and how we teach anatomy as this, okay, learn it, memorize it, and then move on. Like it's just a rite of passage. You don't ever have to go back there because it's a dead, dead science. It's not even a science. It's just, you have to memorize it. You've got to memorize it yeah yeah and move on and what we're saying is that oh no that anatomy is being updated as a science through advances in embryology and histology through cell biology um, biophysics yeah. you know, soft matter physics as we know through the biotensegrity conversation that we're learning Get so much that. more about tissue so that yeah. what we need to do is remember that that anatomy is being updated and that we have a duty of care to go back to learning anatomy reframed through the fascia through the multi-dimensionality because that's where all of the healing magic is is that's you know that's where I mean, it is obviously from my going back to me being a nurse as I tend to at times but like you know my experience of being a nurse is that whether nursing or whether medical and whatever else and I'm going to chuck out some generalities here but I honestly feel that my experience of being in the hospitals it's every like there's no (laughs) using that word again there's no general practitioners and I know GPs are general practitioners particularly but like Everything is, you know, medicine these days is about being more and more and more and more and more and more and more, more, more specialised, whatever the special. So even if you're like accident emergency, you're still very much like specialist in accident emergency, you know. And the reason I'm not a nurse these days, really a practising nurse, is that I am able to help people through an understanding of anatomy with aches and pains and problems and even anxieties and whatever else through understanding a more general like 
holistic approach of anatomy and physiology. And I think that's something which, I don't know, it probably sounds like exactly what you're in some ways aiming to try to bring to Hull and whatever else. Oh, I love to hear you say that, Wibbs. And I think a lot of people will, it will resonate with them. <laughs> Using the term, that term resonate sometimes is, uh, it's overused a little bit in yeah. our world, isn't it? You hear all, that really resonated with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking the piss. I mean, I think we all really feel we're happy for you to say that because maybe in the movement and wellness and allied health professions, there's a little imposter guilt. Like you feel like a healer. You know, you feel, you know, you see in your classes, people feel better because they're doing this work and I'm helping them discover their wellness. And so you do, you, you do see it working and, but you kind of are afraid to talk about it because you don't have that qualification. You're not a doctor. You're not a physician. Right? I'm but, so guilty of that. Like the whole, you know, there's times I'm like, I need to go and do, and Joe's like told me to shut up so many times, but like, you know, I feel like, oh, if I had like, you know, the physio qualifications after my name, or if I had like, you know, maybe I should go and do like a, a degree and a master's in like anatomy and physiology, because then I'd have some letters after my name and more people take me seriously and stuff. And then I just think, man, that is so much money and so much time to like study. And I'm, fucking lazy and I can't be asked and I'll just stick with what I'm doing and just learn, <laughs> learn, learn as I go along seems a far better way of doing it oh, honesty know, know thyself it's just alphabet soup and hoops yeah. really and like you said money and time and you time is our our most precious resource I I was so late in the day when I when I decided to do the masters and it was because I live near Edinburgh University I had always mm-hmm. wanted to do it the stars aligned in just the right way I was like fuck it I'm doing it and it was <laughs> you know but now would I do it now no you know I, I was at the right time I didn't have yeah. dependents you know now I have two kids it, it was just it happened to be at the right time uh, am I glad that I invested all that I did in that experience absolutely but would I do I think it's necessary for anyone who's who's deeply curious and passionate yeah. about yoga to go to about anatomy and movement to go get some letters after your name absolutely not it's not necessary you you'll you'll have much more depth of experience through actually living it yeah yeah I think that's my yeah my biggest takeaways even like I still have this thing because I have very much like imposter syndrome I like like it's horrendous like my imposter syndrome but like I very much like oh like and then the more I practice the more I see people work with people especially on the one-to-one basis and I'm just kind of like you know a lot of the time these people have been to see everyone else like physios chiros osteos and stuff and then they come to me and then they walk away feeling in a total and I'm kind of like well do, do you know what I mean like what's better do you know what I mean the fact that people still seem to want to come you know maybe people don't come and see me because I don't have letters but the people who do come walk away feeling pretty pretty chuffed so they don't care um, about the letters whips all any of us need to do uh, and i'm sure all your listeners and viewers will agree with me just go to your instagram account watch you move you know because you obviously well, that's that's where the magic is watch you move and to to experience the depth of you of the passion that you have for it and and that you care about bringing quality experience yes, quality to, to your think- community yeah, I'm, I, I do. I do try and write on my Instagram stuff and my posts, and I think it's. I think it's important that people do realise though that like, I move. I move really well, like big-headedly. Like I move fucking amazing. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, people said like so. I still, I still have 
pain, discomfort and whatever else. Like I went for a little jog this morning down Perrinporth Beach, beautiful. Left knee started to play up towards like the end of my jog. And it's kind of like people are like, yeah, you move so well. Like, but from my perspective, it's like, yeah, I do. But like, I've still lived a life of Riley. Do you know what I mean? Like my, I've had an appendix out. I've had like tonsils out. I've had so many things, which if we look at it from the, you know, that's kind of soft tissue perspective of like, you know, biotensegrity and stuff like all of that stuff is still playing out in my system and I'm still having to work through it. But I'm fortunate. And I think this is the yoga more than anything, but like I have, I've had the ability to be present and, and aware of my body. So I can use my pains and discomforts rather than it being like, Oh, I'm in pain. I need to see someone as, Ooh, I'm in pain. Like, can I learn something from this? Like, why, why is this hurting? This has never hurt before. Like normally it's my other knee, but I've done loads of work on this one. This one feels better now. So there's another layer to now peel back and like, and play with. And so, and I think that's the biggest thing with Insta people is like, you just see the mood and I don't know, for me, it's kind of like, yeah, I move pretty well, but I still get pain guys. Like we all get pain. Yeah. Yeah, we do. But I love what you're saying about, um, the multi stability that you have pain niggles and also your chickens coming home to roost from what you did in your twenties, what you did in your teens, your twenties. And, you know, even before that, uh, we inherit this like giant karma through our genes and then we've got the epigenetic factors and and there's kind of like that major rhythm where you're build, you're building and you're working through all of the uh, all of the actions before you realize you're going to have to live with the consequences of all of those actions and then you start maybe not slowing down but you start to to really to think hard if all the the late nights and the ultra marathon is all that sort of stuff really ne- <laughs> necessary to have a good time you know can it can we come around to to some softer forms of in, intensity and uh, yeah 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 i mean yeah and then you know like mine like dislocated shoulder snowboarding and you know you kind of go let's do this let's trade injuries go on okay. in okay go on hit me up i'm going to start well, let's start from uh childhood so first broken bone broken tibia jumped off the monkey bars landed on the ground snap my tibia you go i am pretty much injury free up until uh 21 when I had uh, my appendix out. Oh. Had a, had, yeah. Like, That's not even I mean, really I, an injury. You didn't do it to yourself. No, I didn't do it to myself. That was the first thing that kind of started going wrong. And then, oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, it's all gone downhill from there, basically. Oh, no, it hasn't. Yeah, it kind of has. Go on in. Next. Oh, okay. Um, broken. <sighs> Elbow fell, like, just rough housing snapped it in half though and then got chicken pox wow. underneath his cast that was age 10 wow just oh man that must be itchy as hell it was itchy as hell <laughs> i was not a happy capper and then bro- i'll just fast forward it a little bit broken wrist a, cl- a classic collies fracture i was uh, um in the scottish championships mountain biking cross country and just hoored it oh. downhill and didn't cope with the, the sharp turn and then fell off and the whole thing snapped just snapped 
the whole thing, like a dinner fork. It was just, it was rancid. Oh, awful. Actually, I've just remembered, uh, and this has been, this is actually playing out in my body uh, as we speak. This is something I'm working on. When I was 11, my index finger, I stuck it in the front of a model airplane. So my dad used to fly model airplanes, like little petrol engine model airplanes. And so you had to start them by sticking the glow plug on and then and like using a big starter thing like to turn the propeller so i did that and i went to take the, the glow plug off and i put my finger through the propeller um and i had to have like the front of my finger stitched back on oh and wow. and then basically i have since then found and this is what i'm currently working through and this is guys how much like some tiny little injury can play out through your whole body is like i have found that essentially it's kind of been stitched on a bit like wonky like internally rotated um and it's basically oh, wow. driven my forearm to almost compensate and have an internal rotation which has kind of pulled my whole shoulder forward and over and then i this is the shoulder i dislocated as well and so all of the rehab i did for my shoulder just wasn't ever working as such and then i was working with one of my teachers and we he was like that finger doesn't look right and so we put some movement into that and then my whole shoulder just lit up and changed and the back pain decided oh. to disappear a little bit. And so maybe that's a good segue into discussing perhaps the idea of um, kind of some biotensegrity type ideas of like, you know, maybe we'll start with like, can you give a brief, I know Joe has given a little, I think Joe, I, 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 perhaps I asked this to Joe, I can't really remember, but um, fash is a very fashionable word these days. And every, especially in the yoga world, everyone's banding it about like um, to write, to make money, I personally think. So um, why is fashion? and why should we care? Why should people listening to this go, actually, I might go and look into that. I might buy spiral bound because maybe that will teach me something about this stuff. Fascia. Oh, well, Okay, so there's lots of different terms floating around. So there's fascia. And then we're, we've kind of come into the era of the extracellular matrix, mm. you know, which is abbreviated the ECM. And so fascia, it, there's a whole, you know, giant encyclopedia of anatomical terms. And it, in it, bits get called the fascia, like scarpa's fascia, you know, the iliotibial band is a bit of fascia, the plantar aponeurosis is a kind of fascia. So there's still this kind of bits, uh, nuts and bolts kind of leftover. I think anything else to call it. Yeah, from for fascia. Uh, it, when we look in the, the research, the literature around tissue that is coming up with all of the exciting stuff about collagen and the um, fluid matrix in the body, the lymphatic system, bound water, the liquid crystalline qualities that, that really, that's what we're interested in, aren't we? You know, that's, totally. that's the juice. That's the stuff, the magic that the, the magic. So if you search key terms of fascia, you're just going to get one corpus of research, which is what kind of old, either old school or it is a journal of um, body work, kind of uh, Robert Schleip, wonderful yeah. research, but you know, you get limited to a certain number of authors around, um, around, around fascia that are interested in the fascia conversation. But, but if you want the huge um, kind of rainbow of, um, of research on the magic qualities of this of connective tissue and, and the, um, the liquid crystalline 
filamentous nature of, of tissue, then search ECM is what I'm trying to say. Right. So ex, extracellular matrix, then we have, so extracellular, it extra means outside of cellular is the cells. So, so this is the stuff that the cells secrete. It's outside of the cells. So it's interesting. And I remember when the penny dropped for me on this, that the fascia is the stuff that the cells secrete. Whoa. So it's not living then. So it's not cellular. It doesn't have metabolism. It's not, it's not undergoing ATP. You know, what's happening is fascia dead stuff. And you know, that's a really interesting kind of conversation. Lots of rabbit holes we could go down. Um, but you know, the spider spinning the web, the web in this analogy is the fascia and the spider is the cell, but it's not yeah. as simplistic as Simple. that because we are now making the transition from fascia and do we separate that from cells, this is dead stuff, alive stuff. And now we're talking about the cellular matrix, not extracellular, but the cellular matrix because of the cytoskeleton. And the cytoskeleton is this, um, you, you know, and in biology, we probably all learn that cells are like blobs and there's a cell membrane, which is the outer, you know, lipid. And then on the inside, you've got this, the cytoplasm, Stuff. which is squishy. Yeah. Like yeah. Ghostbusters and you know that, you, but it's, it's <laughs> not this discrete tennis ball kind of inside and outside and, and a smooth layer. It's actually made up of filamentous, like Velcro and yeah because of mole the molecular structure and the way that it interacts with water and polarity and, uh, and ions that you have all these gates through it that, you know, it, it's like putting two ends of a magnet together that don't go to, you know, it just repels certain things. So it's very um, dynamic as a structure. It's not just a blob. And it, in the way that, that cells fit together and link up, either they are drawn to one another and they link or they repel one another, or they're drawn to water, they're hydrophilic or hydrophobic. Oh, that is the stuff that's interesting for, for me is the filamentous nature of the cellular architecture, because that links up all of the different tissues. And we're not just talking about locomotor. We're not just like the bones are the compression struts and the muscles and fascia are the tension. This is like the old, the kind of kindergarten version of, of what a tensegrity structure is. And Joe's yeah. probably busted your balls about this too. You know, early on, we all think here's a tensegrity yes. and, you know, and then yeah. This, yeah. that's the bone, the muscle pulls it and holds it there. Oh yeah. That's really simple. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's all, it's very chimerical in the body. It's like, it's tensioned. And then because it's tensioned, it is then compressed and it flips from being tensioned to compressed on a cellular level, on a microscopic level, on, on, e on every level, it's always in flux. So yeah. nothing is always compressed and nothing's always tensioned there. It's always like always living, always moving, always playing this, uh, look like you're playing like a oboe or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice so then um obviously that kind of begins to then bring together that idea of you know everyone always says these days like everything is connected like oh the whole body's connected but really when we when we begin to bring this side of things into it you know we had you know you've got tom meyer's idea of the anatomy trains and like these uh rather than individual muscles these bands these um tracks of you know in you know bringing the 
the body more into oh yes there is a line of tissue which links my foot to my left shoulder etc but actually when you look at it on a deeper level it really is then beginning to you know from this chemical i can't use that word use chemicular or whatever word you just said um (laughs) you know on that you can suddenly begin to see how all of this stuff really does join everything together and i think uh well i don't know yeah that's um I don't know, there's definitely lots of video. I mean, there's videos of you can look under the skin of and see how this fascia stuff plays out with uh, what's his name? Um, why have I forgotten his name? Uh, who who did strolling under the skin? Uh, Gil 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 Headley, and then the fuzz speech that I think all of us watched in early you know two thousands. Wow, when we were first learning about fascia, we we're like babies. Have you seen this yeah. fuzz speech? And then we all like, what is this fascia? You know, and and that's. Going back to Thomas Myers and the anatomy trains, just bowing to that whole, you know, the lineage of understanding and appreciating fascia, he just paved the way. And and Joanne talks about her work with experience and time with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge for all of us. So having, he, he's um, really made that, that clearing. And, and so we can all shift. We've all, the paradigm is, has shifted from then. And then it, it's the continuities that they go in a linear way and are in inert. That's inherently three dimensional, you know, it's a, yeah. like it's volume. So we're, we're yeah. going from, things being nuts and bolts and discrete. So all separated out to then they, you know, anatomy trains brought us to an understanding of connectedness through patterns in it's anisotropy. Anisotropic means this, this quality of the lines being yeah. arranged in such a way as they distribute force in um, patterns that are common amongst all humans. So it's these species specific directionalities. Um, and, and now, you know, that the, the science is shifting, we're starting to see that, that, that definitely those patterns are there, the iliotibial band, this thickening that, you know, in the, the, um, compartment, the fascial compartment of the legs, it's all there. So, you know, you dissect it, you see it, but if you wanted to if you wanted to continue it, you, you could create any line you want by carving it out of the structure, you know, using your scalpel, you could, it's like, um, crop circles you know <laughs> you can make them say whatever you want if you've got the right lawnmower yeah. you know and, and you know now we're seeing that um the body is not it is three-dimensional but it is also multi-dimensional it depends yeah. on how we want to apprehend how do we want to apprehend it for that for the conversation we're having do we want to talk about it in its single dimension two-dimensionality if we want to look at linear relationships and and talk about planes like coronal plane or have a sagittal section to look for maybe a tumor or some pathology though looking at images in 2d is really useful if that's the conversation you want to have about you know uh, pathology but when we move to three dimensions then we can you know we start to see the volumetric nature we can go deeper we can we can look at um, a, a spherical coordinate system that's based on um, 360 degrees rather than 90 degrees. Yeah. And, and then we can look at the icosahedra as a basics for our, our body dimensions and planes. And then we can move into four dimensionality, which is to see that the body is like moving through itself all the time. That, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing that gets a lot of people. Like when you say four dimensions, they're like, what, uh, uh, what 
but it's kind of is that thing and again this probably brings us quite nicely into hopefully maybe your book but it's this four like that four dimensionality that actually everything kind of moving through itself which kind of gives you that ability for that spiraling kind of motion i guess do you know what I mean having having yeah have you got it there no what have you got okay i've got, got two things go on in um and then you know loofah. we probably should wind it up okay the next time you can you can you see this loofah yeah 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 so when it you can see it's all of this it's filamentous and it's formed through it rolls into itself have you ever last time that you cut a watermelon in half when was that four years ago you should do it do it again okay. and see if okay. you're lucky you get one of those watermelons that has that has whirled around on itself you know you, you get those spiral okay. patterns in the flesh of watermelon and you you see it if you were to cut your face off you would see this <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> try that one at home kids <laughs> do the watermelon not your face <laughs> you're gonna see that your body like forms through it in in spirality embryologically while you're still soup you are full and yes. then yeah, yeah. You, as the cake bakes so to speak you you know our, our our body cavities define themselves but those shapes and especially in the human we are bilaterally symmetrical so we get chirality because there are the two because you know you cut in, in half and then you get you know you get spirals that are going in one direction you know this one is spiraling yeah. off to your side of the screen so it's yeah. my left maybe is it is it yeah. on your yeah, so, it yeah, yeah it's your left you? my right yeah Cool. Okay. And then this one's going the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And then when, but when we bring them together, we've yeah, got a helix effect. Yeah. Yeah. We create this, this tube. So those two opposing directionalities come, come together to make the tube and, and they're doing that myofascially and it's, it's written in the tissues. So we get that kind of cross ply effect throughout the torso, but we see it again in the limbs because the limbs are like, the, reflecting the same theme but yeah um anyway that four-dimensionality is is the form forming it, itself but we so we end up with structurally stable tubes yes throughout, throughout. so we're tubular we are four-dimensional we're just flowing through ourselves all the time it, and it starts that that starts in um in embryology nice so that there we go so bringing you on to that then obviously you have um brought this knowledge understanding into your book into your practice into the way you move um if you i'm um, obviously your i'll put all your details book um instagram etc on in the notes so you guys can go and watch karen move because i think like what's so cool about you seeing you in your practice is actually seeing how you can what how you can use this knowledge and information and understanding of tissue of uh, of just a human body and movement i guess and really it's every body mammal probably um but like how how you can begin to put it into a practice of you can and you can begin to unwind your body through and do you know what i mean so essentially my appendix scar let's take for an example is you know has been cut has been where I was closed up and essentially it kind of almost pulls me into a position and then one of the wonderful things about beginning to understand this is you know this is kind of overly simplified perhaps you can tell me if I'm wrong but if I said it's wrong but like essentially all those kind of nice 
tubular spirals and stuff all kind of get a bit messy and whatever else and they're all kind of spider-man webs kind of go everywhere <laughs> and grab and just do whatever it can to like make you feel better at that moment in time yeah. but and again you can your videos give such a beautiful example of it of how we can be, perhaps begin to put a spiraling motion back through so many tissue and actually get so much tissue within the body moving through really quite simple movements and practices I love how you put that Wibbs. that's just made some light bulbs go off in you know in my head oh, it's been great it's been a great it's been a great chat um <laughs> oh well you know I I think you we could do complex showy offy things. Maybe you and I have both done this in our time. I think and so. it's still fun to do big moves and poses and, and things. I get a lot out of, out of that. But what I get most out of is all of the micro movement that leads, leads me to feeling good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah definitely. And you've seen my feet, you know, I've got this fall. I've got fallen arches. They fell when I was a kid. I was supposed to wear orthotics, but I never did. And, you know, so I've got also this superficial, um, uh, it's a, sorry, accessory navicular bone in my feet. So my Mm -hmm. feet do not have that springy arch. I'm no dancer. I'm no gymnast. Any, any strength and flexibility I have, I had to work for it really, really hard. Yeah. 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 I'd like to think I'm a dancer. Everyone who's seen me dance probably says I'm not, but I think I am. Um, so nice. So um, obviously we're fast approaching now, which is absurd. absurd. Um, so yeah, we kind of wrap these things up and perhaps um, you can give like, as we said, we're going to round up with a little tip, perhaps a little something, as I say, move, leave, move, breathe, live is the name of the podcast. And as always, as I said, it's about trying to bring something to people to allow them to move, breathe, live, hopefully a happier, healthier, more content life and eventually potentially stop them having to go to hospital for something unnecessary. You know, that's the whole plan of my thing. Stop people using the NHS unnecessarily. Um, So with your knowledge, understanding, it can be kind of anything, super simple, something to just maybe just something around awareness of spiraling so you know it can be on video because it will get posted on social media potentially so if it's easier to do something on video or just a little kernel of golden nugget that you can leave behind for someone what you got i well i love this and i love your mission i feel like we're allied in that and you know both of us loving joe avison as hard as we do you know i feel like uh, yeah. um, you and i are, are just like speaking from the like same little brother sheet. and sister here like, i was thinking yeah. that yeah yeah we've got yeah <laughs> the same lineage and joe's our mom <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i think a lot of people are gonna cut that bit and send it to joe that way <laughs> uh well she she can just be our stylish auntie i think she would prefer that you know yeah she'd probably yeah probably prefer that (laughs) um yeah so for me and and you our practice does revolve around movement if you're not prepared to move then sorry you know that's like the only requirement is that you do have to you actually do if you can move while you can yeah. Yeah. And even if you're in jeans, you're really tired, you've got your, you know, nowhere to do it. You're at your desk. What, what you can do. And I've been coming back to this all the time is cat cow. Mm-hmm. Is that something you, you speak cat cow? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I speak cat cow. Yeah. Right. A lot of people Do maybe it properly, don't. It's the best. You know, and so it's this. So if you can pull your chest goes back and then the chest is going to go forward. And essentially you're just speaking the embryo. You're just flexing in the mm. primary curve and then extending in the secondary curve. And maybe you can pair that with exhaling when you flex. You can do it if you're seated in a chair, you're on the bus, you're in your car, you're on the floor. If you're somewhere, some fancy yoga studio or not, doesn't matter where you are, you can access flexion and extension in any, you know, it. so do it. So when you're exhaling, I think that's, it's so like, you think of the amount of people who sit at a desk all day and they end up in a just a permanently flexed state and actually giving that little bit of extra reflection so I, mean, I don't know if you know Gary Ward's work or not but I kind of work with Gary Ward as well and you know he has a thing of like if you lengthen the muscle to help it contract back essentially so you know actually if you're constantly here let's change that camera angle a little bit so you can see but, but you know like you've just said if you're constantly here actually flex a bit more feel that stretch across your back and it's and in coming into as you said that secondary curve and it's just like Oh, I can feel so, it's such a simple thing to do when you're seat, sitting down, sitting down, seated down, whatever mm-hmm. the word is, sat down. That's the one I think. Um, I think um, at work. Yeah. And to do it with breath and to, yes. to remember, also many of us get into yoga people, yoga ladies. <laughs> I think we end up with our ribs floating away and, yes. and then overly in the, in the, in the opposite direction. So it's about finding dexterity and finding both ends of the spectrum. So embody the flexion. You don't have to sit upright. Like you have a giant stick up your backside the whole time. You know, there can be, we can really uh, uh, enjoy and embrace flexion. And I think scapular protraction and deep thoracic flexion is, it has been so key for me postpartum. It helps relieve all of this uh, pain I get in my lower back after that second baby. And, and so really mindfully flexing is as powerful yeah, yeah. as learning how to get up and out of the, the, the hunch, but it's about discovering where you, where's your pattern? Where are you almost all, are you almost always like this? Be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you are, then get out of there and do yeah. the opposite thing and do it rhythmically, do it with the breath exhale flex inhale extend exhale flex and if you're if you can do that at least sometimes do it every day there's actually no excuse not to no as you say you could be wearing i am literally in jeans and um and a big hoodie and and you look fantastic i know i do karen i know i do as do you (laughs) thank you Um, well thank you so much for coming and doing this with me um I have, I don't know if you, well, you've got the book out now, so you don't maybe need to do it so much, but you, um, you know, you did have a, a short chapter available for the first chapter available on your website that you can, if you want to just go and maybe not um, get the whole book straight away, you want to figure out what it's all about. I think that's maybe still there, um, but I definitely mm-hmm. would recommend having um, done a whole bunch of bits with Karen over the last uh, year, I would definitely recommend her book, um, which is on its way to me. Um I've got Very it all so on its way um so and yes go and check out stuff and i and i really recommend also going and looking at her instagram because uh you know i think i also think sometimes the female form moves in some ways better than the male and i think you embody those spiraling like 
movements so beautifully that actually um yeah i think people would get be able to really see what we've talked about in action Mm. and i think that that's kind of perhaps a, a really good starting place for people to um to take from so that means a lot webs you know i think uh also you do you do the same stuff on your instagram you, you're living you're living it as well well at the, moment it's all, at the moment it's all just dogs and, and camper vans but you know i'll get back to it when i get home i'll get some spiraling going on so okay well thank you so much karen um we will hopefully um yeah get to chat and ha- hang out and i'll come up to scotland soon and um Enjoy the dissection whenever that is. I wish I could come, but I'm broke, so it's not going to happen. Um, and yeah, we'll catch up soon. Yay. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.